0: We're Phil and Jen, and this is episode five of Setting the Bible Free, and we are calling this one, Now What? And we're excited to jump in and talk about kind of building off of this last season and what we've been talking around the Bible and how we hold it and how we how we hold it matters. Um, now what? And so we're going to get into that in just a minute.
1: Yeah, but in we're excited because this season has been different in that we have had this podcast come out every Monday and then every Thursday is a workshop at Pitfire Pizza in Costa Mesa from seven to nine. And so they've been kind of playing off of each other where there's some things we talk about in the podcast and then there's some different things that we do and talk about in the workshop and they kind of have gone together in some really fun ways. And um, our final workshop, same as our final episode of the season is this Thursday at Pitfire Pizza. And so as we're talking about this, about now, what we would love to invite you to join us there. Okay. So this one we're calling now what, um, so we spent the first four episodes breaking down like what the Bible is, um, a lot of history about the Bible. Um, we talked about, um, even how the Bible is this cultural icon, where um, it has all of this, this value, this incredible value culturally. Um, we talked about it like a, kind of like a flag. How there's the flag, there's the material, there's the colors, there's the things, there's like the thing itself, but then there's all the meaning in the thing. So if you have like an American flag. Right now, that has a lot of meaning for different people in different ways. And you can color the stripes in different ways. That also gives it a lot of different meaning. Or if you stand or kneel when the flag is where it is, a um, lot of meaning. If like where you position yourself, like um, if you were to burn a flag somewhere, like like there's special ways to dispose of a flag. Like it's like a, it has immense cultural meaning. And the Bible is the same way. There's the Bible, This collection of books and then there's all of the cultural icon that's behind it but we talked about the reality that though it has all of this cultural significance the thing itself is like most purchased least read book and like biblical literacy like people understanding what what the bible even says is like actually quite low in our country um and yet Bible purchases are quite high. And we talked about like, obviously there's a ton of consumerism, but but also more specifically like, there's like this um, expectation gap between the reality of what it is versus what we expect it to be in terms of how our culture shapes, like, like what it is and how we hold it. And often when we come to it with those expectations. It doesn't meet those expectations. So people would rather just buy another one than actually like figure it out and dig into it. And so, Kind of spinning off that, we, we dug in this whole thing. I'm like, well, what is it? And so we looked at the history of what the Bible is, where it came from, how it got to be what it is that is the collection of books that we have today. Then we talked about the history of interpretation, and we talked about how um, for the last 2,000 years, the way that we've read and interpreted the Bible has changed like, dramatically dramatically. Um, how things have evolved and changed and grown, and then how the world that we've shaped accordingly has changed and grown and evolved based on how we've interpreted it. And if we were to look back at some of those earliest ways of interpreting it or ways along the way, it's kind of like shocking if you didn't know that. Um, And then we talked about the reality that like, well, the whole thing is change and evolution baked into it. And then we talked about today, how we hold it today, and how for a lot of people, it isn't working for them, how they've sort of been given to hold it. And so there's kind of this like angst of, um, that I've experienced from people of like, well, what do I do with that? And do I, is there a different way to hold it? Is that even okay? And then we talked about how change and evolution is like baked into it, that that, that it's okay, it's okay. Um, And that raised some very interesting Mm. things.
0: Yeah, and we also talked about how we hold it matters tremendously. Because the way that you hold the thing can actually create entire entire worlds, <clears throat> right? Kind of like we talked about in the past, like how your perspective shapes your reality. It's the same thing with your worldview. The way that you hold the Bible can create entire worldviews, which obviously can create entire systems and worlds. It absolutely you know? matters. And it matters how you think, what you and think,
1: what you believe, and then what you yeah. do as a result of it. It matters tremendously.
0: Yeah. And so I think one of the things we wanted to do just starting out this podcast is just talk about how hearing new information um does something to you and what that does and kind of just even just talk about that like normalize it I guess. Yeah. <laughs> because in our what we notice is in the workshop in talking to people um there is a sense of like oh man like I didn't know all this why wasn't I taught all this information? Like when we're talking about the history or how the ways of the Bible has evolved or whether people have held it has evolved over time. And there's almost a sense from some people of like, almost like a feeling of betrayal. Like, mm. right? I don't know.
1: It, yeah, there's like a a like, range of responses.
0: True. Freaked
1: out. Well, it's like, okay, take it out of the Bible for a moment. Because again, with like... and cultural icon status there's a, um a sacredness to where it's almost like can we talk about it that way it's okay documentaries
0: <laughs> oh that's a good Think example so yeah. how many
1: documentaries come out like game changer and they're talking about eating vegan mm-hmm. and they're showing all of this information and they're like showing like like these athletes that eat vegan versus uh, are you vegetarian versus eats any form of meat or animal product and it shows like the the like blood when they spin it the plasma is cloudy versus Ugh, not like the energy so levels rough. and like yeah. how and by the time they get to the end i'm just like how come no one ever told me that or right. like um the blackfish oh right I mean, we used Chimu. to have season passes to Sea World year I after know. year after year, and then you see the history of what happened and what's going on, and all of a sudden you just kind of look at each other wide eyed. Like,
0: why? Why did we ever go there? Yeah, participate They're doing this. Yeah. Or like, totally.
1: I mean, anything that exposes new information about something that you thought you already understood fully.
0: Mm, so disorienting. It's just diso- It's yeah.
1: It's super disorienting. Also,
0: I love this example because. I feel like there's certain documentaries that we know that are out there that we purposely haven't watched I because won't. yeah, because we don't want to know because we know that as soon as we watch the thing or you learn, do about it. you have to do something. It's like the food one. There's a little,
1: uh, there's a bunch of food ones right the now. The food one. I'm
0: like, I know I'm I going to have to it, change. And you know what
1: I say? Yeah, I'm not ready for that
0: even the vegan one we've started making steps towards
1: we've tried things
0: yeah i mean phil's phil's a texan okay he's like through and through this is in oh. his blood so these are we're this taking baby a, steps towards like like to
1: watch the game changer as a <laughs> as a texan like i grew up with a, a dad that would he had a giant smoker and when he's like let's barbecue it was like seven kinds of meat stacked in well, the smoker well your grandpa
0: for, i mean yeah we, he my raised grandpa cattle. was a cattle
1: farmer so yeah. um, when you watch game changer it's like this this isn't just new information. This is new information that threatens my upbringing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it threatens where I, yeah. I'm from.
0: So anyway, I think that's a great example because I think sometimes we almost would just rather not know more information because it requires something of you. It either requires you to bury your head back in the sand and pretend like you didn't hear it. Yes. <laughs> which is disrupt- this does something in you in itself, right? That splits you inside when you yeah. kind of know something cognitively, but you're not living it out yeah, but if you're not then ready. like i feel split inside when i really think about the food thing i'm like okay but, you know. but it's
1: also like what i was telling you um in that book of the professor who's who teaches bible at this um it's, it's not a seminary it's not a christian university um and when he's teaching people about the history of the bible and what it is he to- he told this story about a, a student that came in freshman year and was like i absolutely love yeah. what you're teaching it's so good and then the student was like and i'm also going to be dropping this class yeah And the professor was like well why what do you (laughs) i don't get it and the freshman said i know (laughs) what you're saying is right and i know i need to deal with this but i just really need to lean on the bible the way that i always have for this next season because i'm super stressed out and at some point when i'm ready I'll, i'll like deal with this but like i'm just not ready for new information right now and that i see the information i it's almost like the documentary thing and the student dropped the class and he's like i'll be back when I'm ready, yeah. but I'm not ready yet, which is an interesting, like, yeah. a, again, because you're saying like hearing all this, what does it do to you? And what are the normal yeah. responses?
0: So, and I, I had another thing I was going to say, but I forgot. So let's just go with this. <laughs> well, I was saying you either bury your head in the sand or...
1: Oh gosh, did I... What, you what was going to say? <laughs> I'm <laughs> so know. sorry. I don't know. Do you either bury your head in the sand? Or you
0: just have to make changes. Or oh, yeah, you you figure out a new way to engage with the thing, right? Which is, I guess, what we're kind of trying to do. Like, let's make baby steps with. We'll have a vegan meal like once a week.
1: <laughs> totally, and not tell the kids.
0: <laughs> They're like, "This doesn't taste like meat." I'm like, "Oh, weird." Hmm. Anyway, pass the seasoning in it. <laughs> you pass the broccoli. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're all over here. Broccoli too. We're like, ah, oh, this is weird.
0: Uh, okay. Um, so hearing all this. That might bring up some things in people. Like maybe you're, maybe even listening along, and you're like, "Oh, this is just making me feel like why wasn't, why weren't we taught this stuff before?" Or maybe it makes you feel freaked out. I remember when Phil would come home from seminary because I feel like this is a process, this learning, unlearning process for you happened over a period of like a really long period with the way you did seminary over 10 years uh, of time. And then just like through all the different studies that you've done. So for you, I think it's happened over a long period of time. For some people it might feel more jarring, but even for us, I think it felt jarring as we would learn more and more um, information. And I think we just want to recognize that feeling of like when you learn new information, sometimes it's normal for it to feel disruptive or Like, I remember it would actually create anger in me when you would come home and tell me new things because it was so disrupting and I had to deal with it and I didn't want to. And so it would make me mad. Like, why do I have? Why do you have to tell me this? Or like lots of people at
1: that time would get mad when I would bring it up in the circles that we ran in friends or
0: like you can feel betrayed. Like, why didn't somebody tell me this before? Like, I've just been told a lie or something. And it's like, that's that's not necessarily like what do you what would you say to that?
1: I think there's stages. Um, of, I think in the process. So, mm. therapy. There's like seasons and stages. So in, in like, I've done seasons in my life. Um, I I was a psych undergrad. I remember them talking about this. Um, oh, a bunch of my professors, who they would say people have to be open. To change and growth, mm. and like willing to do the work to look within. And then most therapists will kind of assess, like, a, a client as they're coming in to be like, Are, are you really gonna do the work right mm-hmm. now? Because if you're not, this is exhausting. We're or did your gonna, spouse
0: just send you here?
1: We're just gonna circle endlessly, <laughs> right? And so yeah. um, I know in my own life that's true, where there's stages where I've like really been open to growth and uh, to doing the inner work and to self reflection and having a therapist take me through that path. And then there's seasons where I'm just not or like, so like we would go for whatever, like a year at one point. And it's like, we're going to do it every week. And then I know like, okay, that season, this was good. I'm certainly not done growing, but like mm. it's time now to set that aside, enjoy the growth that I've had, and then just kind of move on and and operate out of it for a while. And then, you know, a few years later, it's like, oh, I'm I'm ready now to grow a bit more. Kind of like the, the student I was talking about. They just weren't ready to have those conversations mm. and engage that. I, I think it's the same thing. It's like- for us with this stuff, it was, there's just seasons. So there's like the nine years of seminary. Um, and that was a, an awesome time of growth and expansion, but it's almost too much. There's so much in a, mm. a degree like that yeah. information that you, I mean, it's technically a three-year full-time degree. So they say you spend three years doing this in a lifetime of figuring out what yeah, it means. Yeah, Exactly. And so it was like that, Mm -hmm. but then there was like later little bits and pieces, books here, um, conversations there, like new information along the way that, that like some of it's like opening up what you already know a little bit deeper and a little bit more or opening up a little bit more. And it's kind of like, there's like stages and seasons of like growth and, um, yeah, I think as you're asking that question, like hearing all that, what does it do to you? I, I think it's just, it's recognizing that there's like seasons of growth and seasons of change and times when you're able to hear it. Because if, if perhaps you're not able to take on new information, it can it can create like a freak out. I mean, because if, if, if it is challenging the way that you hold your view of God and therefore the world or some aspect of that, like the Bible and how you sort of understand what it is, where it came from, how you hold it, how it shapes you, how it shapes the world. Like it it can actually feel like your existential realities being opened up and challenged. Mm. And it, it, it that's where it gets a lot more of an emotional reaction than you're realizing because you're like, we're just talking about an ancient library of books. Why are you freaking out? And instead it's not. It's like actually, so like there's been senses where people we've talked to have had all kinds of reactions.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, primarily, I feel like people's reaction has been just almost like a sense of relief.
1: Freedom has been words, like
0: the words that people have shared is like, I just feel like this sense of freedom. And like, um, I think the relief maybe is coming from where there was some cognitive dissonance, like their brain knew one thing, but they were feeling like they needed to read the text this other way um and it didn't line up you yeah, know like we were talking about that like the women and women stuff was an example like um i remember feeling such a sense of relief because when i went around the women issue just for an, an example um being raised not in the church my mom always taught me like that you know, you as a woman, you as a young girl, like you can do anything that boys can do. Like I was raised in a very, like, you know, just, I would say, I guess, feminist, but I don't like to use that word because there's so much around that word that, you know, but household and then coming into the church as a teenage girl around like 14, 15 and kind of being told something totally different. Like you can't be in leadership. You, um, are going to, have to you know submit to your husband one day and like being like what like or, or, it,
1: or even further like really this, all men
0: all men like you're below all men essentially was the message yeah. right and so to me that only within the church out there it's okay
1: but in the here you, yeah, it's really it weird so
0: confusing but like a woman could be president but like
1: and that's okay you know in
0: the home you're lesser than or whatever it was so confusing or in the church you're lesser than and then being presented with more information when you I remember when you were studying this in seminary and I was like, oh my gosh, like so relieved because it finally lined up to me the way it felt to be like in my deepest, like knowing in my soul that like this can't be right, you know? And so I think that's what some of we we've been feeling like in the workshop is some of that has been relief. Some of it's been a bit of like almost a sense of betrayal or freaked out.
1: So like there's relief, but then I like the flip side is, is the other side. It's like, yeah. Um, there was a week in the workshop and we were just talking about the history of it all and how growth and change is baked into it. And here's where these things came from and these yeah. ideas and at what point in history those developed, whereas they didn't exist before. But if you've been taught that that's the only yeah. way that it is and that's how you hold it because this is God's way and it fell out of heaven. And then you realize, oh, my gosh, how many generations and hundreds of years of people never even had that. Age? And it's, it, it was like a freak out for people. And there's people in the workshop that are like, I feel kind of stupid right now that I held it and whoa oh my gosh how did I not dig in and realize that I did not even know something to dig into and realize and it's like a a bit of a like there's another side to it where it can feel a bit um like you expand rapidly and it can be disorienting
0: yeah so we just wanted to I guess just address that and just say wherever you're at that it's okay and normal like when you're Processing new information, absolutely. So, um, and then, and it's okay to not
1: want to. I, if you're in a place of going, like I, just, I'm not ready to, to have that level of that conversation right now. I understand that too. Mm-hmm. And the conversation is yeah. just there for you when you're ready.
0: Yeah. Um. And also, I would just say, like, there's. You can still be faithful. In the way that you hold it and i think that there is some like deep fear around that because of the way a lot of us were taught around the bible it's like there was so much fear around like getting it wrong you know what i mean even having these conversations can feel scary and so yeah you can still faithfully hold the thing yeah with more information absolutely (laughs) and i'm I guess one question that's then naturally raised is like, is the Bible then different than any other book? Like, is it, do we hold it like,
1: right? Okay. So I think that was the fear, especially uh, around yeah, yeah, yeah. like 1900 sort of time periods so of like the last 120 years. That was like a big um, shifting point in kind of culture in terms of Christianity in the Bible because it was um, this shifting point where remember how we, we talked about the triple threat and Jen made fun of me cause I was dancing around like, like I was uh, playing basketball. Um, and the, the triple threat was like a, a bunch of things sort of threatening the way people held the scripture. Um, and the, um, like the, the rise of evolutionary theory um, the rise of, uh, like scientific method and hypothesis. It was like, like, like it isn't real unless you can test it. And it's, it's like observable, measurable, provable. And then, um, uh, also the rise of like literary criticism and the ways that was being applied for the first time to the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then when all that stuff happened, uh, it created like a sense of like fear mm. in the church. And there was sort of a split where it it turned like liberal and then fundamentalist and like, like two different ways of holding. And there's almost like a, um, a fear like this one, this book is special and you can't apply modern literary criticism to it Mm -hmm. and scholarship because it's, this is too holy for that. This is, this sits over here. And, um, it's almost well, I remember like,
0: doing that in my because I was a literature major. So I remember doing that in right. my, my literature classes. It actually felt weird to do
1: right at first. You're like, we this one is different. We can't. Are we
0: going to pull it apart like all the other
1: stuff? This book is different than all the other books. It's interesting. It is of yeah. God, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that accent was, but uh, it does raise a question: Is it still different? yeah is it still holy even if you apply literary criticism and understand where it comes from and the full humanity of it does it still have the divinity
0: right like does it does it take away from it
1: yeah and like why
0: are we even talking about it then if it's like you can yeah good
1: these are the questions that we've talked about for years and even wrestled with with discussed with other people last month um and yeah i i think that's a fantastic question and I mean it 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 comes back to that understanding of like what is inspiration like really mean? And then what does it mean that it's like a word of God and what does it mean that it has a different kind of authority in the world, you know? And and, and these mm-hmm. are things we've been talking about at the workshop, or we've been talking about in the podcast. I mean, the answer I I think is like absolutely it's it's different in that it's this wild, like a library of books that i mean we, i'm not going to tell you anymore the history you can just listen to it or you've already heard it like this the story with which it came together is just almost like unbelievable and and the way that it was like a capturing of a sense of the movement of the divine over thousands of years and in their stories and yeah. writings that that somehow captured a sense of what God was doing in their world that stood the test of time.
0: I mean, I think that is, it's so special and incredible and different than if I were just to pull a book off the shelf over here, off one of our bookshelves because of that over thousands of years, this story has lasted the test of time and we still find value in it today. Like we're still seeing the way that God moved in the lives of these people today and like they're still addressing the issues that we're talking about today which is to me so
1: it's it's profound incredible the way that the the way that it shows how god's moving in the world the way that it shows this like incarnation because because i keep saying it's from word to flesh it's like the enfleshment of who god actually is which is what the story of jesus is the understanding of from death comes life and that's what the death and resurrection of jesus is about about how that Brings incredible life to the world and to us. It's like, it's just it's a never-ending sort of insistence that uh, it matters how you respond to the world. It matters what you believe. It matters what you do. It matters how you hold it. It, it like, um, life isn't pointless and fruitless. Life isn't about hmm. striving, striving, yeah. striving, striving, die. It isn't like like a, a mm. like a a simply physical, random evolutionary experience of the world that's actually quite cruel and only the strong survive. Like there's, like it's actually quite different. It's it's a, um, it shows you how like life is actually God-filled and divine, Mm -hmm. beautiful, and how God's in it and God's with us. And this is actually a collection of the stories that have somehow miraculously stood the test of time to show us that God's always been in it. Yeah, And he's still in it with us today and the things we're wrestling with, they were wrestling with, and it gives you so much Hope. Perspective and hope and life. Like, yes, it matters. And yes, Mm -hmm. it's different.
0: Yeah. You made me tear up. Yeah. And I think, especially right now in this time, man, we need hope. You know, and the fact that this, this, bible these scriptures they they like insist upon it you know when you look through their stories and you see god at work like through the struggle of humanity throughout thousands of years like it's like this just constant reminder that it matters it and ma- like yeah it all mat. this whole thing like all matters you know and no, that it's wondering. more like that you s-
1: sorry sorry, keep going i was joining you no go ahead yeah, you got me really excited go I'm not.
0: I don't even remember what I was saying.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. That's
0: right, we're tag teaming, go.
1: Um, Yeah, that there's more. And and not as like a divine answer book. Hmm. That fell out of heaven is this complete unit of like literal, here's God's answers for all of life
0: well, it's so much more than that. Right. It's so much more than that. Right. So if that feels threatening, then I would say, man, then the invitation is to look at it as like, actually, it's so much bigger than that. It's that's so limiting. And that's even limiting of God. You know what I mean? I don't know. To me, um, at first it's disorienting. Of course, when you are presented with the information and that I can think of all the different times that we've wrestled with this thing and continue to wrestle with it. I think that's part of it. You know, Absolutely, that's to me, like the, the fact that we are forced to wrestle with it is the point <laughs> <laughs> partly, you know what I mean? Because that's how we come to know the divine is when we're wrestling with the thing. And if it were just handed to us in this perfect little rule book, like how would that change us at all? I know we talked about this before, but even to me considering like almost not viewing it as this like closed thing, like, okay, God, we talked about this in the workshop, but like God spoke and he spoke through these people in this time in this certain place. And then it was all closed up in this, in this book. And now we have the book and we look to that as like how to live our life. And it's all kind of buttoned up rather going, like, God is still active and moving and speaking today. And if there was going to be another book written that's going to be added to this thing, what would it say Mm -hmm. about the way that God is at work through the people?
1: About that we faithfully.
0: Through through us now, now. you know? Mm -hmm. And to me, like, when I look at the scriptures and I think about the ways that things have Like the way that humanity evolved over time, of course, because we're always growing and changing and moving the thing forward and the way that they held things grew and changed and evolved, like to me, it actually just gives me more hope because I'm like, how does that apply to us right now? Like, how are we, how are we growing and changing and evolving to embody in, in a, I don't want to say better, but how are we moving the thing forward in like more love and more embodiment of what Jesus um like of who Jesus was and what what you know the, his message is to the world. And to me, um, man, I just find so much hope in the scriptures still, you know? So yeah. So you made me cry. <laughs> I didn't expect that. A moment, that yeah. was a first. I've made you emotional. I don't get emotional like that about stuff.
1: You know, that's interesting because it does have so much power that even talking about it right now together can create. You're still crying. That like sense of
0: you know why? Go. Sorry. (laughs) Like
1: like earlier, like right before we started the podcast, we're talking about something, reading some things, and like. I got like lit up with like a, I call it the goose pimples. Like, you know what I mean? You're just like, whoa, there's a, there's an electricity to it.
0: And I think the reason I'm feeling emotional right now is because I just look around and I see so much brokenness and I know so many people who are struggling so much right now. And I know like the world is just hurting, you know, there's so much going on and, man we need hope and so when i we talk about the bible and we talk about the way that god still does speak through um not only the scriptures but through like through us through humanity god's still actively moving like that gives me hope and um i think i so desperately like want the world to see that hope and to see like uh Yeah, just a better way forward. And I don't know how else to say it besides saying better because I know there's probably a, I'm not trying to make like a a judgment in that. Just how are we moving the thing forward and evolving and towards more love? and.
1: Oh. How do we, because we keep saying we think the Spirit's doing fresh things.
0: The Spirit's yeah. always doing fresh things. Right. <laughs>
1: and how do we continue? Not just now. How do we continue to follow the Spirit in it? Yeah. And as you look at the history of the way that people have faithfully always continued to follow the spirit and it forward into new spaces.
0: Yeah. And man, they, they, they mess it up a lot along the way too. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we will too. But yeah, what we all do. So should we leave it there? Or are we going to keep going? Okay.
1: The, what we were going to talk about, but we got excited. <laughs> I was
0: going to say, is, we just is, totally like well, threw off our um, little mini outline we had.
1: Well, so what we are really excited about talking about is, uh, how to hold it because there's all this talk about, okay, what it isn't in the history of where it came from. And if a particular way isn't working anymore than what does, especially in a more pragmatic sense. And what we started talking about last week in the workshop and in the podcast is what if we held it like Jesus held it? Yeah. And so um, that's what we want to do actually Thursday night in the pod at, at the workshop is have a conversation. Like how did Jesus hold it? And then how can we, Learn to hold it the way that he did. Um, how can we operate in it in that same sense? And then we'll um, just spend a ton of time talking in like a really like kind of, I think, practical sort of way. Like, what does that look like? Um, what are practices? What's a way of um, opening it up and um, reading in a fresh light in that sense? Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to give our space to Thursday night at Pitfire from 7 to 9. Yep. And would love for you to join us there.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to dive a little further into like authority and what does it mean um, to be
1: God breathed, God inspire, mm-hmm. like all, all those things. Yeah. And so we'll kind of tie all that together into a, a really fun conversation and discussion together as we uh, wrap this thing up.
0: So as we close, I would just say this. I think the question has been like, if the Bible, if the Bible, the way I've held it, isn't working for me anymore, do we just throw it out? You know, and I think, like, does it still have value? And I think our encouragement is, and what we want to continue talking about at the workshop and and moving forward is, like, that it still offers hope, that it still insists that uh, this... This thing that we're doing, this life, this, this struggle that we're all in, that there's meaning, that there's more,
1: that it's divine,
0: that it's divine, that it's, that God's in all of it, that God's in you, God's in me, that God's in the scriptures and still actively moving and that there is more. Um, And so we want to leave you with that thought and encouragement. Thanks for joining Love to not see. only today but
1: for the whole season
0: yeah. yeah it's been great and we'll see you soon thanks so much for joining us don't forget to check out our website com to register for upcoming experiences and to see what else is going on
1: and if you enjoyed this feel free to subscribe you can even leave a review keep going see you next time